How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's talk about this week's subject. But before we get into that, first, I want to address the last three weeks, I've talked about different industries that I'm very familiar with. So the first one I did for the month of July, I talked about the Las Vegas hospitality industry, the benefits and, and learning experience I gained from working in that industry, and some of the the things that you can learn as a consumer and someone that's planning on coming out here eventually when this industry opens up after this pandemic ends. The second week, I talked about um, the cannabis industry and essentially you know, everything I learned in that industry because once I left the Las Vegas industry, a hospitality industry, I went to cannabis and I learned so much working in that industry. Um, it, was, it, it didn't do it just as me just being a consumer of it. I learned a lot just working in, just working one year in the industry. And um, this, uh, or this past week, I talked about streaming and just how awesome of an experience it is uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic, how you can still right now get into that, take any skill set that you are really good at. And as long as you are comfortable being in front of a camera, and um, having an audience watch you, you can technically make a profession out of it. And my guest yesterday essentially um, you know, proved it by being a musician who had no plans to make success out of streaming. But luckily, her fiancé pointed her towards um, a community of, of musicians on Twitch, which is normally known as just a gaming streaming platform. Pointed her towards it. She started doing this as a hobby on the side uh, while she was working prior to the pandemic. And once the pandemic hit, you know, she went full gun gun hose blazing and um, now is super successful. One of the most successful people I, I've known on the platform. And I know personally quite a, quite a few people that have, that have made success on it. But her rate of, of success is just super fast. Um so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that podcast, really great podcast. My cannabis one, I had a really great guest as well, a good friend of mine, Kurt, um, who has had years of experience, not only just working in the industry, but also being a patron and experiencing all the different levels of cannabis and, and its legality and process, you know, from California to here in Nevada. And so definitely would listen to that podcast as well. And then for my hospitality one, I had to do myself. And actually, sorry, four weeks of industry. I don't know why I forgot. The first week actually was one of the coolest, which was uh, all about attraction and uh, how I got into the industry of being a dating coach, worked my way through that industry for quite a bit, and then eventually transitioned from that to being more of a communications coach and uh, communications life coach. And uh, I went ahead and my guest at the time was my, one of my mentors, um, head coaches and one of the people that is kind of in charge of making sure that, uh, you know, if something were to ever happen to him, that he could take the reign and, you know, continue, continue all his teachings. I mean, this guy, me and him have had multiple great experiences traveling all throughout the U S helping individuals that have struggled with different aspects of their life. And especially when it comes with attraction. And so a good, my good friend, Steven, if you haven't had the chance to listen to any of those uh, you know, guest appearances, you could even just skip out on the week and just listen to them. Great stuff. Every Sunday I have a guest on, 
But this week, I have, again, the same difficulty I had with the Vegas hospitality industry, but uh, not because of the fact that I don't know anyone in it. It's quite the opposite. This week, I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with profession, but something that's just been on my mind the last three months. I cannot, honestly, I can't get it out of my head. Nothing to do with this pandemic, nothing to do with any of this stuff. Um, like all the like big news that most people are following nowadays. It's none of that whatsoever. It is honestly my fascination with the idea of, is there extraterrestrial life out there? And I think you're going to see where this difficulty is going to stem. I don't know professionals in this space. I mean, unfortunately, you can't really trust people that have claimed to have seen extraterrestrials. Um, and it's not like I can just have someone that works in one of these conspiracy based locations like area 51 or S four come on my podcast because I'm just new to this. So essentially this week might be a little bit different. It might be Sunday, might not be a guest appearance, not to say that I'm not going to try. I'm really going to try this week. And honestly, this week I had something else planned, but I just, I can't get over the fact that in recent times, more and more information is being leaked, not from these crazy sources, but from our own federal government and not just the federal government, but the military like headquarters of, of uh, our nation, you know, directly from the Pentagon and the department of defense, both of these organizations claiming that, um, you know, starting, I, I don't know, I think it was like, I don't have the facts in front of me, but starting as, as late as seven, eight years ago, Senator Harry Reid, actually a senator from Nevada, Democratic senator who has all, I guess, was fascinated with extraterrestrials, I guess, waited until he was the Senate majority leader. And I mean, when you're at that position, you have, you know, a lot of power and uh, now he's retired. He's not uh, in government anymore. But at the time he was, like I said, he was the majority leader and he, during one of uh, the budgetary uh, processes, like hearings, approved a budget, a very small budget. I think it was like in the realm of like $100 million or something even less than that, which, I mean, when you know how much our government spends like on budget, like we're talking about $1.2 trillion budgets every year, like literally $100 million is nothing. I mean, it's like 0.01% of the budget, but he allocated money at least to start a program that was not investigating extra extraterrestrials, but investigating unidentified uh, flying objects, UFOs, but they had a different name for those, those objects. They changed it because UFO has this like association now with like aliens. So they, they came up with like a UAVs, I think uh, it's not like UAVs because that's unmanned aerial vehicles. It was like unknown aerial vehicles. I don't know. I forget the acronym they came up with, but essentially UFOs <laughs> and this department was really just going into the military. Um, they had special, it was a small little branch out of the Navy. I believe it was Navy or air force. And their job was essentially to go through the different military branches and gather information from people that claim to have seen or detected um, objects, not just in our, not just in our airspace, which is just crazy to think about, but you know, in the vicinity of the U S or any military, um, 
installation or American installation or like American, American like battle group um, all over the world. And just anyone that's had like any experience with these unidentified objects and to report it. Well, in the course of just a small span that this program was officially open, which some people think that the program still going on to this day, but in, in this, I think it was like five years that this program was, uh, had a budget, um, and again, such a small budget, but in that short of a span, there were multiple, and I mean, not just like one, two, three, like multiple instances of the military identifying objects. And like, we're talking like our military is, uh, no one's going to argue our military is the best military in the world. We spend more money on our military than the next 10 countries combined. And like that's including China, Russia, Great Britain, or the European Union, uh, Brazil, um, and then the individual European uh, nations because they kind of spend their own. And Japan, like all of those countries combined, their budgets don't even account for what we spend on our military. We have, uh, I think, a hot, uh, like somewhere in the realm of like I don't know, 170 different military bases around the world. The next place is like Russia with only like three. Uh, we have like seven aircraft carriers. The next country down below that is, um, I think, France with two aircraft carriers. China has one. Like we surpass in all aspects, military-wise, like technology and investment. And I think everyone agrees with that as well. I mean, that's why we are the world superpower, at least when it comes to military. And... Um, it's definitely something to be proud of. I, I know I am. I'm always proud of, of service members. So these people are also trained as well. Like, I mean, especially like fighter pilots, people that are on like battle cruisers and uh, like destroyers and, and like being trained on equipment. This isn't like you go out there and you get a job and like learning radar. No, this is like your fucking, your diligence is like, all in this one specific job field and you become an expert in this one thing. It's not like you jump, put like job positions in the military. It doesn't work that way. Like you're given one duty and that that's what you do for your contract. And you don't really deviate from that unless it's like in the scope of like the industry that you're in. So like if you're an aircraft mechanic, you'll work on maybe one specification of aircraft. Like if you're working radar, you're only working like one specific branch of radar for like one specific vehicle. So these people don't fuck around, like, excuse my language, but like the technology and the people utilizing the technology are some of the best, if not the best. So when you have fighter pilots, radar detectors, like, uh, like uh, uh, operators, multiple different people that work in, in, in positions where their job is to identify a threat and, and have the ability to assess what the threat is and to or assess if the target is a threat or not and have the ability to immediately react to that threat before that threat can react to them. That's like what makes our military so great is that they're trained to be observing all the time of every little thing in our, our airspace, in our water, and on land. And so when these people are identifying objects that they don't know what it is because it is doing things that defies the laws of physics. I mean, it's blowing people's minds and 
like there are three popular videos that you can look at right now. Honestly, you just have to look up Pentagon UFO videos on YouTube. There's three. There's the gimbal video. There's the too fat, like go fast video. And then there's, um, what's the third one? I cannot remember what it is, but like the gimbal and the go fast videos are like the two, like more popular ones. But there are like three that got declassified uh, because actually the New York Times four years ago uh, wrote an article about this secret organization or like this government branch that was put in place to research unidentified flying objects uh, within the military confines. And the New York Times caught wind of it and actually wrote a paper on it and actually uh, got hold of like these, these videos. And so the Pentagon officially... But this is like a new, like a news organization, not just a news organization. It's like the New York Times. So they're like a big deal, no matter what anyone wants to argue. I mean, the New York Times, whatever your political perspective is, like they're still a reputable news organization when it comes to investigative work. And so when they found this out, it was like, oh shit, like this is a big deal. This isn't like some like local news station. This is like the New York Times writing an article on this. And a couple years later, you know, it goes by and like all these people are like publicly speaking now. They've been identified in the, in the article. And then the Pentagon actually officially releases those videos. They officially proclaim that those videos were evident, that they were true, and they went ahead and released it. And when you watch these videos, look, they come out publicly and say they don't know what those things are. And imagine, we're in 2020. I mean, these videos were recorded in 2013. Uh, like, one was like 2007. was like the first reported one that got released. Um, and if you listen to Joe Rogan, you've probably heard some of these, like uh, some of his guests that have come on. But um, Commander Fravor is like the most recent, like the, he was like the head of a, like a, a squadron, like the head of an actual, like, um, fighter pilot squadron and he saw one with his own eyes like saw it with his eyes like a unidentified object close to the water that was moving in erratic ways that is just defies the physics of any area like um aviation like technology ever assessed by by anyone that's in that specific field and essentially was doing things that he couldn't like he couldn't describe how the technology worked. Um, there was no propulsion systems that he could detect like, or like that he could observe. And this thing essentially was near the water moving erratically moved up close to his position and then disappeared instantaneously within like one minute appeared 60 miles away on like the battle cruisers radar that he like departed off of. And, and they couldn't explain it. And so this guy made uh like a uh, observation visually and then there was as he arrived on the ship that he was like that he launched off of there was another squadron that was flying out because they were doing trainings at the time and then this squadron was the one that caught uh the gimbal video. So they actually one of the operators of this like um infrared camera these like high-tech cameras at the time locked on to this object and recorded it and couldn't believe what he was seeing because this thing was moving in in such a way that was, it was the object just looked weird and was moving in a way that just could not be explained. And so that's where the evidence came from. And so from the same instance, from two different sources, 
observing something that was weird. But uh, what Commander Fravor was talking about on Joe Rogan's podcast um, was that this isn't like a rare occurrence that the military supposedly sees these kind of things, like different types of unidentified objects all the time, all over the U.S. And so, look, I'm going to bring this up. And uh, throughout the course of this week, we're going to be talking about aliens. I don't know what your thoughts are, but let me just put it this way. I'm a person that loves space. I've always loved space since I was a little kid. My mom got me a telescope when I was like eight years. No, sorry. Excuse me. I'm lying. Ten years old. Even prior to then, I just loved space. I was always fascinated by looking up at the sky and looking at the stars. And, you know, when you grow, when we grew up as kids, like at least in my age group, like you look up the skies, you're told those are stars. Those are like stars that make up other like galaxies. And you just understand that those are stars. When you get older, you start to understand that the like the sun is a star. The sun is a star, as all those other stars are as well. And then you wonder, just like a lot of other people wondered, well, do those other stars have planets orbiting them as well? And when you look up at the night sky, when there's no light, you have to go in the desert or you have to go somewhere where there's no artificial light. Look up at the sky. It is, it is just lit up with stars. I mean, honestly, most people don't see it because we're surrounded by artificial light. Artificial light is like, Lights from like houses, street lights, all of that. Like if you go somewhere out in the middle of the desert or just look up pictures of, you know, the night sky, people can see that as long as you go somewhere where there's no light. And it is so beautiful to just see all the, like the billions, not millions, billions of stars that you can actually see. And then imagine like all around the earth, everyone's seeing like different segments of the sky with all those stars. And to know that, now we know, but back then when I was a kid, we did not count, like it wasn't confirmed that they knew this, but it wasn't until like 15 years ago that scientists started to detect exoplanets on other stars. And now we know there are at least one planet orbiting every single star that we see in the sky. So there are billions of stars in just our galaxy, and we know there are billions of galaxies in the known universe. Anyone want to fucking tell me that there is no other planet with life out there? Come on. that That's just insane. It is so insane. But what has perplexed scientists for so long is something called the Fermi Paradox, which I will t- I'll spend an entire segment talking about, which is why are we not able to detect this life? If there is so much probability for life to exist out there, not so much probability, but even if you have like a small probability, let's say point zero 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 a million zeros, and then you put a one percent. There's still that many planets out there in the universe that there should be intelligent life out there. And so why are we not able to detect it has been the biggest perplexing question for scientists for so long, you know, going on to now. And it, it, I mean, imagine this, like how fundamentally weird would it be? Like we consider ourselves the most intelligent beings in the known universe because we've never met any other intelligent life on our planet. We are considered the most intelligent species on this planet. I mean, I'm not going to argue against that. A lot of people aren't going to argue against that as well. You know, when you compare it to other animals, do other animals have intelligence? I, yes, wholeheartedly agree that other animals have intelligence, but not to our level. Um, They don't have like a consciousness that we do, I guess. And, 
and an, an, an awareness of this level of an intellect. And so imagine how like an ant looks at a human, like an ant looks at a human, like we are gods in their world. Like, right. We could stomp on an anthill any second. We can obliterate their universe. And like, they're so small compared to us because we have all this technology and like to us, it's just a normal day of life. But to an ant, we're like, almighty beings that just dictate whatever happens in our lives. And there's probably stories told in ant ant history of like, you know, the great, great, great war of, you know, whatever, like just, I'm just doing some silly, but um, imagine if an intelligent life came to our planet, was able to defy all aspects of our technology, fly into the middle of the United States, no country not one single country can fly an aircraft unidentified into our airspace. It's impossible. It's, it cannot be done. Not with all the detection, not with all the technology that we have. Can they attack us? Yes. Can we stop it? More than likely. But there are probably chances that, you know, uh, uh, like an intercontinental, uh, like a ballistic missile could probably, or ICBM could probably make it if a million of them were shot at the same time, it would probably overload our defenses. But could we de- at least detect them? Yes. We have that kind of technology. We're supposed to have that technology. So when we have aircraft that are appearing in United States airspace that we cannot identify what they are, that is pretty much representing technology that supersedes all forms of understanding of what we have. Do you know how scary that is? Like imagine if China has the ability to just come into our country whenever they want and abduct you and no one would ever know, right? They could just fly over your house and just kidnap you and no one would know. Or imagine if Russia had that technology. Like we're over here talking about like, uh, like interference in elections. What if they could like interfere in your life? Like come and like literally not just like, via technology, but like actually abduct you, but not just you, but your whole family or like your whole household. And no one would ever know. Like they would wonder what happened to you, but like they would, there would be no trace of you. That would be fucking scary. Right. And imagine our government for the first time in recent times is acknowledging that there is that kind of technology that is flying around us and we don't know what it is. So yes, this week I am going to spend and you could probably clearly tell that I have some investment in, in this subject. I really do. I have always been fascinated by space. One of my dreams is to go to space. I'm not fearful. If, I've ever, if I'm ever given an opportunity and if I can afford it, I'm going to space. I have to see it. I have to, I have to be in that environment. It's always been a dream of mine. Um, and I also do believe that there's maybe... I don't know. I don't know, like intelligent life, like aliens, how it's described in like science fiction and stuff like that. I don't know. You know, like I don't, I, I'm still kind of debating what it is that we're actually observing. So I don't know if it's intelligent life. I do believe that there's life out there a hundred percent. Like life is like viruses, bacteria, single celled organism. Oh yeah. I, I, I believe for instance, life came to this world on a comet or an asteroid from another planet where single cell organisms came to our planet and then essentially became, and the earth was like a petri dish and then we evolved into life. That's like where I think life came from. By the way, I'm not a religious person. So if you, you know, want to have a counter argument about religion, I'm totally open about it. 
I am not shy. I do not shy away from that subject. So no, I do not believe that a God made a, a man and a woman and, and, you know, made all animals. And then we were made in the image of, of gods. I don't, I don't think that at all. Uh, and I a hundred percent think that if intelligent life, like aliens do exist, then that's really going to go against a lot of religions because at that point, you know, I thought we were the ones made in the image of gods. What are these guys that are smarter, faster, and more technologically advanced than us? Like, what are they then? What image is there gods that are stronger than other gods then? And they're made in those images of those gods? Like, come on, like explain that to me then. Like, don't even try to tell me that's like revelation of like the, the, devil is coming and no dude it's not brought up in revelations that the devil comes in as like a uh a extraterrestrial with super high-tech technology and and does that kind of stuff so again you know we can have this debate but if you truly believe in extraterrestrial life and you want to be a christian still i don't know that the hypocrisy there but i mean that's that's to your own um if i lose some listeners to that i'm sorry but it's just like you know you got to Understand everyone has a different perspective on things and we shouldn't go against or we, we should be open-minded about certain things. I, I've been very open-minded about religion and I'll spend a week talking about it. I, I'm fascinated by it. But this week we are going to talk about extraterrestrials. I've seen, I've seen with my eyes as a kid with my little brother, with one of my stepbrothers, when I had that telescope, I saw something uh, when I was like 12 years old that I could not explain. It was a ball of fire. I will get into that story. I still vividly remember it. I'm not going to forget about it. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. I'm super excited about this one. This is like, if you guys cannot tell, like this mixes a lot of different things that I enjoy the military space and life. And so, um, I hope you guys are, are excited. I'm going to try my best to just keep you guys informed. I'm going to try to get like stay away from a lot of conspiracy stuff and really just go with the factually like evident stuff that we have right now and then let you make the informed decisions yourself. And so throughout this whole entire week, if I can find someone that maybe is a higher level of an expert in this field, maybe they've been following this specific thing more so than I have, like not just conspiracies, but just like this actually like level of knowledge about the like actual reality that exists and that we, that we've heard of recently, then I'll, I'll, I'll try my hardest to have them as a guest. But if not, then this Sunday will just be a, a special something. We'll figure it out. But ultimately uh, I'm glad you guys got a chance to hear me out on, on this podcast. This podcast has been so awesome to be honest, like having my guest speakers on, it's been phenomenal talking about things that I enjoy talking about. This has been a great experience and uh, having an audience and people engaging and listening to what I'm saying, messaging me on social media, asking me questions on how they can get something like this started. Uh, like, honestly, I don't invest enough time in social media and I, I, I keep promising a blog that I haven't released yet. And I'm really going to, I, I was about to release one, but I just didn't like the, the concept. I didn't like it at the end when I was about to publish it. So I'm going to keep working on it. Um, but yeah, ultimately, this is just super fun. <laughs> I hope you guys can see how much fun I'm having from it. But until tomorrow, I will catch all of you mañana. Peace. <laughs>